Elizabeth Taylor is a celebrity makeup and hair artist with over 20 years honing this naturally gifted skill set. Her love for art and helping clients discover their beauty ignites her flame. Her business, Faces by Pureness, illuminates the sensuality of a woman's virtue equaling pureness. Growing up, I always wanted to see more people who looked like me that were successful. Can I afford to take a risk to follow my dreams? We are excited to bring you the Make Your Mark podcast, hosted by philanthropist Kim Niles. The Make Your Mark podcast allows you to hear personal stories of resilience by professionals and public figures of color. Our guests unapologetically share their triumphs, lessons learned, and how they found balance in their experiences. Tune in to equip yourself with strategies and coping mechanisms on how to boldly make your mark. Subscribe and listen now. Hello, Liz. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you for having me. This has been a long time coming, and I feel like this is just such the right time to have this conversation. And I admire you. You know this already. You are one of the most professional Black entrepreneurs that I know. I have to say it like oh, that, gosh. and I'm not taking my words back, and I mean that. So, Thank you. Oh, my gosh. I'm it blushing. It's truly my honor to sit here this afternoon on Bell Let's Talk Day. What timing. I love it. <laughs> and have this intimate conversation with you. So, Liz, you're going to do such a great, much better job than me telling us a little bit about your journey on embarking on becoming a celebrity makeup artist. Ooh. Okay. So, so many times I'm like, where do I start? Like, where's the beginning of the story? Okay. Do I start from like a two years old? Do I start from 17? But okay. So my journey, I would say really started with um, like, say high school, we were supposed to do co-op and I chose to be in the beauty field for my co-op placement. Now, when I did that, I ended up working in an aesthetic shop She was really nice and the clients were really cool. However, her lack of focus and passion for the industry really turned me off. And also because I guess her business was slow, I thought maybe people weren't making money in that industry. So I left co-op with kind of a bad taste in my mouth and then just went straight into finishing up school and going to college and whatnot and just ending up working in the government. So when I did that, I was like, okay, that's it for me. You know, I'm just going to be you know, corporate for the rest of my life. And then eventually I started getting connections with people because naturally I had the artistic side to me and I would always kind of dibble and dabble with friends or, or just people around that were in the industry really. So it's like, I was always tied in with the industry, whether I liked it or not. And then I started getting quote unquote gigs because people were like, yeah, you know what? You look good. I like your makeup girl, you know, and, and it would just keep going and it just kept flourishing and flourishing. And then eventually it was like, wait a minute, I'm, I'm kind of low-key making money from this. Okay, time to start a business. So that's when Faces by Pureness was created. 
And yeah, I, I really haven't looked back since, to be honest. It really just kept going like that. So many people ask, like, did you work at a makeup counter and get clients? Like, no, that never happened. Like, it was literally from corporate slowly as a side hustle on weekends or late nights. I would do music videos and stuff like that. And then, boom, it was just full-time artist. Wow. So literally, you left your corporate job for your mm-hmm. side hustle. Basically, yes. And <laughs> when... Like- and- When did you know that when it was the right time to do so? I really didn't because no matter what it was like, I was still super scared. I was like, oh my gosh, like, especially like a government job. People are like, you're so dumb. Like, (laughs) you, you like use your brain first, you know, even family, like, what are you doing? No, that's not a job. You know, that's not a, a real job. Of course, what we always hear is artists. That's not a real job. So, um, Yeah, I honestly really didn't know. There wasn't really a perfect, like, this is it. It was more like, this is what I have to do. This is the time. I have to do it. Because, like, if I don't, like, I'm getting these bookings and I'm canceling on them or I'm rejecting them because I'm at my nine to five or I'm I'm in traffic on the way home from my nine to five. How am I ever going to really grow this exponentially the way I want to. So the best way to do it was to unfortunately leave. And I gave my notice and, you know, the whole office was crying because they saw me as an essential there. And I, I, I still miss them to this day, but I don't regret it at all. And how long ago was that? How long have you been a celebrity makeup artist? In terms of celebrity makeup artists, I want to say the last 10 years. And I, again, I dibbled and dabbled in and out of even calling myself celebrity makeup artist because I never really considered myself that. I was like, I'm a professional artist. I do whomever there is. But it really has been 10 years since I officially registered, 10 and a half, let's call it that, since I really registered the business that I really took on site and made sure that I I was at that level. And when did you feel that you were at that level? Like, what was the pinnacle moment where you felt that you were worthy? Because we both know that you're amazing. When did (laughs) you believe within yourself that you were worthy to be called that title? It's so funny because I knew the entire journey that I was worthy to be called a title. Like, I'd go into, you know, castings or whatever, With my, even when I started off with my little tiny, tiny little kit and I was, you know, selling myself, yeah, you know, I can do it. And they'd be like, you don't have a lot of tools. I'm like, I can make things happen with these small, with a small kit and small amount of tools and I can make that happen. However, even then, when I knew I was always at that level, still to this day, I don't really consider myself anything different, but simple old Liz pureness. Like I really don't. So still now I, I try to give the tidbits and, and help people with their own journeys getting to this level, but I still haven't, I, I don't know, maybe it's just a, a humbleness vibe, but I really don't hold a title. I really just write it. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and emotionally. Yeah. And I, I would say Liz, that definitely humility. You mm-hmm. are very humble. And I mean, or in myself, in my experience with you, and I've worked with you for so many years now and with my clients and you show up the exact same way every time. And that consistency and the integrity, especially Mm -hmm. with your punctuality. And I've always told you this, right? (laughs) That was a big one. (laughs) I was like, I'll be in the car and I'm like, oh my God, Liz is probably there. It's like half an hour early. She's waiting and I'm like running late. And, you know, you are so, you you take your, you treat your craft exactly like how someone would treat their corporate job. And that's Mm. 
is something what I really do admire about you. And even though you you do work with celebrities and you work with on so many different platforms, it's it doesn't show up in your behavior. And it's right. you still show up authentically as yourself. And right. you know, people sometimes don't even know that you're there. Like, <laughs> and that's so the crazy true. thing. It's like, where's Liz? Where's Liz? Ah, uh, she's just over there. She's, you know, she's <laughs> so here, relax. Right. Where I've worked with other artists in, in the past where they let you know, like, um, mm-mm. I, I work with, you know, so like, you know, and, you know, although you do that, your demeanor does not say that at all. And that to me is admirable. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. You know what? And it's just the heart. It's a passion. And I know one of the things that, as you said that it just rang true, because I see a lot of that, I guess, ego on set. Right. And it's great to have some ego enough. So to sell yourself because you have to believe in yourself and your craft. However, it shouldn't exude that. So when I'm on set and I really just gravitate towards everyone and I'm cool with all the other, you know, if there's multiple makeup artists, I'm cool with everybody there. And I don't get the same vibe back, unfortunately. And I realize that's what it is this industry is just full of a little bit too much ego (laughs) if you really want to put it that way so unfortunately I don't always get to vibe with everyone the way I want to so that's also kind of made me stick to myself I'm like okay I'm just going to do my work I'm going to let my work speak for itself and and call it a day so yeah it is what it is Liz what would you say your biggest accomplishment has been Ooh, wow that's so hard You've had so many. Yeah. And there's some, sometimes one thing I've noticed about myself is that I'll forget even in writing quick bios and stuff, it would be like, I did this and this. And they're like, no, didn't you do the other thing last week? I'm like, oh yeah, <laughs> I, I actually, and it's not that I forget. It's just, I look at everything as equal. I, I, you know, and so when I sell myself, I know I'm supposed to put out those big productions and and throw names and all these things but then I I actually really don't because I keep it all level in my mind but a big thing okay I'll talk recently was Julie Black was being able to do uh Caroline with her that was a big one for me because I hadn't done full theater production now I've done a lot of theater shows but full theater production in terms of start to finish in terms of the advertising the billboards that went into it we did the whole shebang and she kept me under her wing the whole time. And I always appreciate her for that. I'll always be thankful. So that is one that I would say, I definitely was like very happy to be in. I'm so happy that the cast and crew took me on. So that that's, that's a major one. Okay. And would you say that's more of a business accomplishment? Yeah, I would, because there was a lot of behind the scenes, you know, again, you know, the contracts, the red tape. So definitely that was that was leaning towards, although it was a craft, it was leaning towards using that corporate background, you know, and and selling myself and and being able to put myself forth in a professional manner in that way. Yeah, so absolutely. Were there times, Liz, in your journey that you ever felt that you didn't belong in the room? Yes. Many, many, many times. One would be level. And again, that humbleness, I guess it can be a blessing and a curse because I do have that humbleness and I don't take certain things that I've done and accolades really as uh, uh, the biggest thing that's ever happened. And I don't name drop and I don't do those type of things. When I hear other people name dropping and throwing all of that on the table, there has been those times where I was like, I don't know if I should be sitting next to this person. I don't know if I'm at 
the level of this person. But when I do hear the gems that they're dropping, I realize I have the same gems and maybe even more. And that's what's made me understand that I do have what they have, if not more, or at least at their level. So I'm, I'm getting to the point now where I'm going to start letting people know that, yes, I do have these gems. And yes, I do have um, what I need to show myself and showcase myself in this industry the way it is. And that's just self-growth, you know, and, and understanding of, of where my business has been and coming into reality of the fact that, yeah, I have made it. So, yeah. And do you feel that it's potentially a little bit about the fact going back to when you first started, you even said that your family is like, this is not a real job. Is that what keeps replaying potentially in your mind? Because when we come down to it, you're a creative, mm-hmm. right? You, you're creative. People, a lot of people wish to be in what you're doing. They, they're sitting in their corporate jobs right now and they're like, oh my gosh, I would love to do that all day long. And then, but then there's this stigma that still plagues you that says that this isn't serious. Yep. Yeah, you're right there because it's funny. I'm having this conversation, just a youth, and he's asking me for advice on how to, you know, music and, uh, you know, a lot of creatives, we have a lot of different things going on. So, you know, he's asking me about his music and this and that, and I'm, I'm kind of trying to bring it all together. And I was saying, you know, this is what I do and this is how I do it. And this is why it works. And he's like, oh my gosh, that sounds so much fun. I wish I had your life. But it would be the same person who would be like, but can it make money? Is it a real job? You know, how do you really do that? And it's very hard to explain, but it can be both. And I know people who are on platforms um, like, say, YouTube, where people say, I'm a YouTuber full time. And people be like, well, how about a real job? Or maybe if they had a real job, they'd understand. And you'll hear that still play, even in today's world where we know entrepreneurship is the new nine to five, to be honest with you. So I'm not sure why that stigma still is still so strong, but it is. And we have to break those barriers and just show that entrepreneurship can be your sole income and can be amazing and can grow generational wealth. So yeah, it's possible. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Liz, tell us about a time that you felt like this was not for you. We're going to take a bit of a turn. So Mm -hmm. you were like, you left your job and you're doing this gig and you've got a family and you're like, oh boy, what did (laughs) I just do? Tell us about a time. There were two times, but one, um, I guess is more interesting to say was, uh, I was on for a music video set and it was a couple days. I don't remember if it was two or three now. I guess the time is going. I'm starting to forget the details, but there was definitely uh, an artist who I don't even remember how we even connected, which is another funny thing. We connected. He messaged me. He needs a makeup artist. He has models coming on set. It's going to be that whole hip hop, you know, the, (laughs) we call it the traditional hip hop video where there's going to be a lot of pretty girls and there's going to be flashy cars and we got to make them look amazing and makeup and hair and all that stuff. So the first day, flawless we're on the streets of toronto all the you know the whips as we'll call them going up and down the the main streets young street and whatnot and they're getting the footage and these girls are on the side of the street posing up and everything went well now the next day we're supposed to be in a garage where now these cars are posted up in a garage setting and basically everything went left i came on set nobody was there um I I waited and waited for, I don't even know if it was hours at that point and then went away and it was never, I I contacted people. Nothing was happening. The place was dark. Nobody was in there. And, uh, 
left and, and then got a message. Oh, I, uh, nobody sees you on set. Oh, but I've been there for hours and nobody was answering. I went up to doors. I knocked, I doorbells, all these things. And he was just like, no, no, you weren't there. Nobody, nobody witnessed this. Nobody saw it. So as far as I'm concerned, you should get a pay cut for today. I don't even know if you're going to get paid, but just make sure you end up back on set. That was the moment where I was like, I don't even know if I'm supposed to be in this industry. Like what kind of disrespectful approach, you know, is that? And I was like, I've worked too hard. I've worked too long. At that point, I was a few years in. Um, I just didn't deserve it. And I knew my worth wasn't there, but I knew at the same time I had a name to uphold, which is another thing as an entrepreneur, it's very hard to break those ties of being able to stand up for yourself, but also not tainting your brand. So at that moment, I was like, I've already done the first day. Now my name is already going to be on this music video. If I flop on the second day, I'm still connected to this video somehow. So my best bet is just to go. So I went back. This was like, I'm, I'm not, it's not even in the city. So now I've got to drive, go all, so I'll go all the way back. And it was just like attitude and disrespect. Go over there. Okay. Go in the back room there somewhere, figure it out. You know, that type of energy. And I was, I was, sh I was shaking. Like I was very upset, very distraught. And I remember coming home and after th there was so much more that happened, but I remember coming home and just thinking to myself, I, I don't know if I can do this anymore. I, I, you know, there's, there's been other little hiccups along the way, but that was a big one. And I was like, if this is where the industry is going. And I thought I had such an amazing connection with this person. And I'm thinking this is going to be a big break for me because he sold himself very well, you know? And I thought this was going to be a big break. This video was going to go everywhere, be viral. And this is what I got out of it. No, ma'am. <laughs> and that was definitely a moment where I was thinking this was not the right move. My family was right. <laughs> you know, I should have quit years ago. I'd be way higher in the, in the, on the corporate ladder. And yeah, I'm happy very soon after I did get some solid bookings and they were able to help change my mind from that mindset, or I wouldn't be here today. So how do you deal with the attitude in the field because one of the things that goes hand in hand with working with on movie sets and celebrities is that you never know the personality types that you're going to encounter so how yeah. do you handle yourself and your reaction to a lot of the attitudes you may get one thing i've noticed is i don't let people's emotions penetrate me and that's one of those times as i said on that particular um music video where it was one of those times i think i just let it penetrate my heart and my mind but i have a very thick skin uh, I'm very straightforward. I'm very to the point. And even then I can still be nice. And I don't think people realize that you can still be business. You can still be strong. You can still stand in your worth and still be humble, nice, respectful, and all the other good things. So I have those things that I, that I really lean on. And in terms of just being there, I know, especially after that, <laughs> one thing I've known is to come on set prepared. I have been there too many times where I've seen the makeup artist not want to talk to me or they won't tag me in the post, even though some of my, you know, creatives are in their posts or whatever. It's just all over the, all over the charts, but whatever it is, I've gone in prepared, just knowing, you know what, this set may have some attitude. This set may be disrespectful, but it's not going to bother me because my art is going to be my forefront and that's it. I'm going to walk away and let that be. And if they show me respect tomorrow, great. If they post me tomorrow, amazing. Either way, I put in my work, I put in my time, I got my paycheck, we call it a day. 
And I, I believe that is probably the best approach that wow. you, you can do, right? Because I mean, Thanks. you can get yourself fully engulfed in the moment because mm-hmm. then you lose yourself and you also yes. lose your values and you're, you are your brand. Yes. Right. That, and I can't stronger. Yeah. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. Like, you know, you can't control the behavior of others, which I think is the really loud message here, but you can control is. you. Yes. Looking to consolidate your debt in the market to purchase your first home? Interested in acquiring an investment property? Look no further. More Freedom is here to serve you. We aim to furnish our clients with the power and the confidence over their finances and a sense of accomplishment of taking the first step to get there. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at I Want More Freedom. And you can always connect with us via our website at morefreedom.ca. So Liz, along your way, have you had any mentors that have helped you in your craft or any people that you may have looked up to? To be honest, no, there wasn't really a specific person that I was like, oh, wow, they're doing this. Let me emulate. Let me get an idea. I'm always gathering information. It's um, a crafty world. We have lots of different social media platforms now. It's just blown up to the point we can't even keep up. I do take ideas and and thoughts and also energies, uh, like say from yourself, like when I'm on set with you and and just your energy and what you've provided me and the love and the feedback from my work. And I remember times you'd be like, no, you have to post this. Like, what are you doing? You're like, oh, no, no, no. The website needs to have some images. Are you, are you crazy? Like, I love that. I love that. And I pull from that, but there's not really like one person I pull to. And I guess that's the, just the introvert in me. I really just, I sit there, I analyze, I judge it. I take what I can from the earth and the energies around me. And then I just create, and that's, that's pretty much it. So I haven't really had a mentor. I can say I can stand to, but everyone around me is naturally my mentor. Okay. Liz, what has been something that has been a life-changing experience to you? Now I want to say my life-changing experience has been now my recent journey with my health because had it not been, I, that's another thing I probably wouldn't be here because I really let everything else stand in front. And even then talking about knowing my worth, knowing my value, there obviously were some things there in the background, not in my business, but personally that I wasn't bringing to the forefront in my heart. So now with my health journey, I know I can bring so much more to my business as, as even now with, as I said, all these platforms um, being here, a lot of them are visual. And I didn't want to be visual. I didn't want to be on the forefront. I didn't want to be the face of my business. I let everybody else, people could come to my website or, or my Instagrams or whatever and not see me. They're literally like, who are you on this page? It's not me. I'm not on there. Good luck. You know, and now that I've embarked on that journey, I think that's going now and moving forward will be the biggest jump I made in my industry and in my life and in my business. So as strange as that is, it's going to be my health journey that that really changed everything. And that's recent. So <laughs> I listen, listen, I almost fell off the chair 
<laughs> when I was scrolling through, yep, folks, I was scrolling through Instagram and I was like, wait, but wait, faces by pureness. Let's, let's just go back, scroll back, scroll back. And I was like, is that Liz? Wow. And I was, you know what, for me, it wasn't more so, yes, I saw a huge physical change. Mm-hmm. But I have to be completely honest. And I feel we have this relationship. Yes, yes. We've had lots of conversations around health and, you know, you feeling good within yourself. And when I saw your transformation and you can, and even looking at you right now, Mm -hmm. I saw, I see, now I see a light. I see a light in you. I see that woman that wanted to come out. The shot has been lifted off mm-hmm. and it's like, there she is. That space is, there's her face. There's the pureness that, there you I, go. right. That uh-huh. I could have seen, I could have felt from you. But at, 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 I think at first in, when I met you, at least I felt you were a bit reclusive Mm-hmm. And we're just really, you didn't really want people to see you. Even then, that's why I meant in the beginning when I chatted about, oh, she's here. Liz is here. She's over there. Yeah. It yeah. was like, even though you were in the room, it was like you weren't in the room. I was hidden. You were hidden in the room. Yeah. And now when I, as I said, when I was scrolling and I, I was like, wow. Mm-hmm. And I could see that something got lifted off your back. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes, you know, and I'll just be mm-hmm. candid about it. Sometimes when you see someone that's carrying excess weight. Yes. It's not weight. It's internal. It's emotional. It's trauma. It's so many different things. And then when someone goes in and literally pulls all the things back. The layers, yeah. There's the diamond. Right. There it is. Yes. So for me, I, I was almost brought to tears. I, I had to sit for a moment with that. And I saw your transformation. And look, I'm just looking at your glowing. Your skin is wow. radiant. Look at you. I, like you I, are I just, it now. right? Yeah. Huge, huge, like huge difference. If you showed up and like, honestly, if it was like, it was dark and I didn't, I couldn't. And I was like, I'd be like, who is this? Like, where is Liz? Can you send Liz for me? Electorally. <laughs> that's how much of a transformation. So can you speak to what that journey has been like for you? And literally this has happened over the span of the pandemic, which is Basically, crazy, yeah. right? <laughs> it, like, I know there's so much chaos happening in the world right now, but what a beautiful transformation that's come out for you from this whole pandemic. So can you speak to that transformation? That's what's crazy is that I know there are tragedies. I know there's hardship and and pain that's happening around the world. But during that time, I separated. I completely separated. I separated in love and even a little bit in business because technically I couldn't really run my business the way I wanted to. So now I had no choice but to sit there and look at myself. (laughs) <laughs> and and I don't mean in the mirror. I mean inwardly. So I, you know, I really sat there and and many nights I'm just like, oh, the day seems so long. And and now there's a night and I'm not even tired because I haven't exerted my energy. And you know, uh, what do I do at this time? And uh, here, you know, how how long can I scroll, scroll Instagram for? How many YouTube videos can I watch? This is this is not me. And within that, you know, I was like, you know, let me search something that actually matters to me. And I was like. I need to take care of myself. So 
emotionally, I, I, I have strong emotions and I know I'm able to take charge in many things, but obviously the weight was sitting on me for a reason. And there was trauma that happened in my life. And at that point, the trauma was being lifted, but I just needed to lift myself within it. And basically I, I honestly did. I, I stopped watching the beauty videos and I switched. I totally switched. I started researching again because I've, I've done psychology in school and I started researching the mind again and, and started getting into things that I really am passionate about science, um, the mind, you know, worldly things other than the pandemic. And when I did that slowly, I just, as suggestions on the side, you know, of course, mental health and, and health and physical things started coming up as suggestions on the side. And I slowly started going there and I was like, you know what? Let me just type in, you know, weight loss, a mind and weight loss and, and how they connect and what to do. And I slowly started going there and I was like, you know what? I do know about this thing. I do know about that thing. Now let me just tie them in together because I should be smart enough to make this make sense. And I knew that I needed to deal with the trauma and I needed to let go, let, let love and let light. So I did that. And from there, everything else was so easy because now when people are in my DMs asking me, what did you do? Like privately, because I don't really even put it out there, but people have recognized the change and they're like, what did you do? What do you do? I'm literally sending like private videos of me, like cooking and here, here's how I eat it. And <laughs> here's how I cook it. And here's how it mixes. And within that, I, I also am like, but you have to love you and you have to really be at that place because if not, this is just a random video with some random cooking, your heart and your mind have to be here and your soul has to just project that. So that's where I am. And, and that's during pandemic. <laughs> Who knew? Wow. So what was the, what was the, did you do any physical activities? Did you change your nutrition? What was yes. that journey like for you? So now I can say I'm a full-time keto o matter. So I keto uh, is, you know, diet. I, I hate that word, but I keto diet. Um, that's my lifestyle. I eat healthy fats. And the thing is, it's, it's a journey because when I started it, it was a little bit before the pandemic, but I was doing it all wrong because I really didn't care. The passion wasn't there. I didn't do the education. I was like, oh, I heard about keto. You eat some meat and cheese. Okay. I'll go to McDonald's and get some meat and cheese and we're good. Right. Um, then pandemic happened. As I said, all those things happened. I started to really figure out that I needed to deal with healthy foods, whole foods and foods mostly driven from the earth and, um, the, the most organic it could be. So I started doing that. So I have entered that lifestyle. And from there, I also learned about OMADing, which is one meal a day. And at first I was just like, I just want to lose weight fast. I just want to be where I need to be or just lose a couple pounds. So I'm not huffing and puffing when I'm pulling my kit. That was it. That was literally the goal. And as I started going, I was like, no, I could actually get healthy from this. I could actually. And as I watched the weight melting away, I was just shocked. Like all right now I look in the mirror. I don't recognize myself. I do these posts. I don't recognize myself. I don't. <laughs> And when I go back, I also don't recognize myself because I know also that wasn't me either. So I, I am definitely a keto o matter probably for the rest of my life because they say it is healthy enough to sustain as long as you are taking in the right things. And that's what it is, is a lot of people hate on things they don't understand. Oh, you're only eating one meal. That's not enough. I do bring in enough nutrients into my body to make sure I'm sustained so I'm not deprived, you know, I'm not out here fainting and I'm eating way better than I was when I was having 
you know, six meals, as they so suggest, six small meals, I'm bringing in my body what it actually needed. And I see it, just like you said, my skin, I see it everywhere. You know, the way I sleep, the way I move, everything. I mean, naturally from the weight, I'd move better. But even then, the joints that used to crack don't crack anymore. You know, things like that, that I can tell um, I'm doing the right thing. And your body will speak to you. and, And I can't even explain that enough. So, yeah. So we are on the same wavelength. Mm, I I, I have to be honest. So, you know, I'm a certified coach, uh, Mm -hmm. trainer, and I honestly, going back three years ago, I would have told clients to have six meals a day. Yes. I would have done that. And then I started to do more research because for me, six meals never worked. Uh It never Uh worked for me either. And, um, (laughs) <laughs> that first of all, that we need to us sometimes understand where philosophies come from and body types. Yeah. So the six meals a day did not work particularly for me. I am I build muscle easily. I carry weight easily. So I don't necessarily need all of that food coming into my body. I also don't need a very large eating window. It right. does not work for me as well. So I started to really do research on understanding where all these different philosophies came from. Mm-hmm. And so everything you're saying to me, I'm going to send you a book and this book oh. you're going to love because okay. I'm a bit of a nerd when it comes to this stuff too. And I've also, okay. I would say that probably the pandemic also allowed me to do a lot more reading. So yeah. I've been doing all sorts of research and, mm-hmm. you know, one of the things lately, um, I would say over the last year I've picked up is walking and walking for me is a huge thing, but it really stemmed from actually me having a massive injury and discovering that I was trying to run like my hundred pound friends. So that was not meant for my body. Sprinting is meant for my body, but not necessarily running five miles is not meant for me. And obviously there's a lot of muscle development and stuff in that, but I am now in the space where it's about understanding what works best for you. So, but people may say it's crazy that you have one meal a day, but what if that's the space that you're in right now and your body glows like it is right now and you're getting all the nutrients that you need and we all know healthy fats is where it's at whole foods, foods from the earth. That's how we were meant to eat. That's where, you know, we keep our body highly alkalinized versus making it more toxic, right? So breakfast, I feel that, you know, I'm not going to go off on a tangent because I could do a whole health podcast. (laughs) We could probably both go on a tangent. Yeah, Yeah. Right. We look at the word breakfast and it's break fast, right? So it's actually one of the key reasons that people are overweight in North America is because breakfast, quote unquote, breakfast is usually dessert foods, waffles, uh, bagels, uh, cereals, all of that type of stuff. So all I'm saying is, girl, do what you're doing. That's what I'm saying. And I will send you a book that will back up a lot of evidence and, and also help you with some tips as well. So I am just so proud of you and your transformation. And now you're about to shine. So all those rooms that you didn't want to be in, you tell them, scoot over. I need my seat. Big time. Big time. (laughs) Here we go. (laughs) So 
Liz, tell me about how you handle having uncomfortable conversations. So someone, you know, you know, you got to have the conversation and, but you keep delaying the conversation, but you know, you got to have it and you're smiling. Cause I think, you know, the answer, but you know, you know, those moments where, you know, you got to yeah. have it, but man, it's like, uh, tomorrow's another day. And then, yes. <laughs> so tell okay, me about a time. Yesterday. Tell Just tell me how that works for you. How do you deal with it? You know what? I've realized now I just have to go in. I close my eyes <laughs> and I go in and I, I, you know, I wish for the best, but I know I have strong point of views and generally I go in with the best intent, the purest heart. And I know somewhere along the way, my words will be received because that, that should be received is the notion that I'm coming in with a pure heart. I'm not here to hurt you. I'm not here to bash you, whatever I said needs to be said, and and we'll move past this. We will be okay after this, even if it were something that now makes us no longer connected in that way, we will still move past this, we'll move forward. And I'm most likely, and because I, I don't tend to break bonds, most likely, even if we do not stay connected, we won't hate each other. There won't be bashing. There won't be internet, you know, internet posts about each other or, or bashes. So I definitely go in with the right intent whenever I need to deal with those conversations. And this is personal business and beyond. I, it has to be said at times. And I, I've had this literally twice this week. So, and we're only we're, we're Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> two days to go. <laughs> right. <laughs> I might have two more. <laughs> so Liz, do you believe you've tapped into your authentic self? Yes. Yes. Now it's here and um, I'm learning her. Uh, just like I said, I don't recognize myself. I'm learning to recognize myself and I'm learning to understand that everything that was inside was already there, but it too had layers that were covering it. Just like the weight on my body, there was weight in my mind that was covering what was already there. And now it's just time for it to shine and let everyone know that it is there so we can all be on the same page and understand that I've grown. And that's all this is. It's just, it's just growth that you're seeing. It's not a different person. I haven't changed. I still have the same purest heart. I just I love to love people. I love to love what I'm doing. And that's all I want to really, really showcase. Tired of being tired? Seeking to build your self-confidence? Are you feeling uncomfortable in your skin? It's time to move with Kim. Studies have shown that in this era of exponential growth of the metabolic syndrome and obesity, Lifestyle modifications have been proven to be one of the most effective ways to improve your health and quality of life. Let's chat about your goals and how we will get you there. Send your inquiries to hello at kimniles.com and let's start conditioning your mental and physical health today. Liz, before we move on from this topic, because it is very dear to my heart, mm. what is a piece of advice that you would give to a woman that's carrying excess weight and more so from a health reason? Because I'm I I don't ever go down the alley of telling people what they should look like. I believe, first of all, I believe what you should look like has been determined by birth with genetics. And mm-hmm. Obviously, it's another part of it is choices of how you decide to live, your environment, and how you eat. 
Yes. But there gets to a point where we know someone is, they know that they're in an unhealthy state, right? And I, yeah. I believe that you knew at the point where you were, you were in an unhealthy state. Yes. So what is a piece of advice from deep inside, like your deepest, deepest fears when you were there that you would want to tell a woman today that's still there? That the painful, the most painful part of the weight is you figuring out that you're a part of it and you're helping to foster that weight. Um, we can tell ourselves all kinds of things. We can tell ourselves, oh, these, you know, these fad diets don't work. This doesn't work. My doctor said this, but I don't really recommend this. And, and, and or I, I did research and I don't think that thing works. Really, at the end of the day, it's simply you. And a lot of us don't look inside and say, we will be so quick to find a reason why things are going on in our lives but not quick enough to realize we're part of the cause of them going on in our lives. And it's hard to say, it's a hard truth, but even if you're in a situation, even in your home, relationships, whatever that's going on, you're a contributing factor to that relationship. You're a contributing factor to where you are, even at work. Some people may keep their job knowing that it's high stress because they know the income is there, but maybe you'll have to suffer for a little bit, find a new job, and, and deal with the pains that come with that. Even knowing that you won't have income and figuring out something else, it, it's really hard to put it out there because it makes it seem like, oh, what? So you're saying it's my fault? No, but I'm saying you have to understand that you are a part of the problem. And I had to realize I was a part of the problem. I accepted what was happening to me. I accepted it. I fostered it. I held it in a little ball <laughs> and I kept it tight. And, and I allowed the world to think, that this was my true authentic self, but it wasn't. So now that I've peeled back the layers and people are seeing it, they're like, why didn't you show it all along? Literally because I was in myself. I thought what I was doing was right and it was wrong. And now I had to deal with the hardships of letting go of those things. And it's more scary than you'll ever think, but the outcome is so worth it. It seems crazy at the time, but when you come out of it, and I've heard so many speeches, just like what I'm saying right now, when you come out of it, you're like, my goodness, why didn't I do this sooner? <laughs> why didn't I do this sooner? I feel like I missed all these opportunities, but you just have to stay in a positive mindset. And for any woman out there who's going through weight, you have to look at the weight subjectively. It's not weight. It's, there's something else. There's definitely something else. And you are the only one that can change it. Amen. Mm -hmm. Amen. If I had a tambourine. <laughs> <laughs> right? So Liz, how do you set boundaries now? Hmm, yes. I think assertively, naturally, when I go into the room, whether it be a physical room, an email, <laughs> whatever it is we want to quote unquote um, call the room, people kind of already know, I think by knowing, once they've addressed me, they already know who they're dealing with. I already kind of get that respect, which I'm so glad for, because again, like the music video nightmare. I, I didn't have that established back then. So now where I am, I think I don't necessarily have to let people know what my boundaries are. It comes across as soon as I kind of enter their space in any way, shape or form. So thank goodness I don't really have to 
say a lot or do a lot. It's kind of coming naturally. However, with that said, I still do have to make sure I compose myself. I keep myself in a certain upright. And I think people naturally respect that. So I don't have to scream, respect me, respect me. These are my boundaries. I say no to this. I say no to that. That's not fair. Automatically, I'll get, I'll even get messages where they were like, you know what? I would have booked you for this shoot. So don't be insulted, but I didn't have the budget or the time was kind of awkward. And I knew everyone was going to be late. And I know you're an on-time person and I respect your time. So I didn't book you for this shoot. Or I, I called you, but then I hung up because you know, I realized you're too high for this project or something like that, which again, I don't hold myself to any standard, but it's interesting to get those messages from people because they do understand that there are levels to this. And that's what I can actually really come across, really come out of it, really respecting for the most part. Okay. What's your greatest fear? Mm, Lack of success. Um, And with that, I think I would say it kind of comes with failure, although I don't really believe in failure, but lack of success. And again, all of us hold a different key to what our success ranking is, but not having at least a certain amount of um, success for myself would be devastating because I know where I am and where I should be and where I could be and, and, and where things should go. And I think if I didn't get to a certain level or at least sustain a certain level, I would be, I'd be really disappointed. And I think it's more disappointment is my fear. And my fear is being disappointed in myself. So I don't want to get there. So I try to keep pushing. And even during pandemic, that was another thing was my major fear. I was like, what if people forget me after the pandemic is done? What if they forget my number? What if they forget that I'm here? Girl, I, I got my pictures. I can't uh, get you. What you talking about? Come on now. Thank you. I got my pictures. So that, you know that, right? So women, like, uh, well, obviously it's women that you do, but we take so many pictures and you know, we're vicariously living through our phones. I'd be like, mm, true. I can't wait till the spring. Uh, I'd be looking at, we can't, they ain't gonna forget you. I, I love it. I love it. And thank you. That That's actually really reassuring because I mean, normally we have the slow points in the year where it's like January, February, it's kind of quiet. And, you know, towards mid February where there's some black history, you know, a few events and then March comes and then slowly you start getting those bookings reeling in like crazy and you can't even handle it. And I was like, that's not happening. That didn't happen last year because that's right when we got locked down. And I'm like, that's not going to happen this year people will forget what's, you know, like I was really on myself, like, what if I have to keep posting? I have to remind people I'm here and book me. (laughs) So that kind of stems in with my fear is like being forgotten and and losing that success rate. Like that would be devastating. So, yeah. I'll I'll place, this is on my soul and I know I'm on a podcast, but I'm going to do it anyway. Okay. God does not sleep. Mm. Right. God does not sleep. So I tell you this because your transformation could also be your pivoting point. I tell well. you, I feel that. I receive right? that. Yes. It can be. You, you, you have no idea of your impact yet. Mm. And mm. 2021, yes, I, I, I'll be honest with you, the clients I work with, I already told them, listen, 20, everyone's like, I can't wait for 2020 to be over. And I'm like, why? <laughs> that was my <laughs> reaction too. <laughs> this is like 2020 part two. Right. That's suddenly when the calendar changes, nothing changes. 
<laughs> Nothing happened. So it was another day and we're now in 2020, 21. And mm-hmm. obviously there's a lot of evolutions to what's happening with the pandemic and this, this new strain coming out. And yes. it's really for us as entrepreneurs. I mean, you know, even before this show was live, it was a, a show. It was a sit down video. I remember. Right. Yeah. And now it was really hard for me to not be able to touch you because I would want to touch you and talk to you and feel that energy and we can connect. And I had to pivot. I had to pivot to being on a podcast platform, which actually gets more listens now than the show did. Wow. Look at that. Right. The irony in that. So I was so connected to the in-person experience But people prefer to listen to a podcast and walk and talk and do their daily activities as opposed to sitting down and watching the show. Although that was okay, but it's shown, numbers don't lie, that the podcast is highly rated. That's crazy. Literally what you're saying is my story. Keep going. So sorry. (laughs) It's no, but it's just one of those things. I share that with you to say that you've gone through such a massive transformation and you continue to go through that transformation and that your story, especially all those rooms that you felt that you weren't supposed to be in, there could be space in there for you now. Actually, you just need to make space for yourself in there. And there's a way potentially, and I'll leave that to you to pray on it and and meditate on it. And there is a way for you to pivot. Yes, in person right now is not potentially possible legally, quote unquote, but there will be a way. So I say, have no fear, have no fear. And that was actually going to be my next question is how the pandemic has affected your business, but you answered that. Yeah, I wow, I fully did. <laughs> but I'll, I'll still touch on what you just said, almost piggybacking off of that is the way it did affect my business and myself. I'm a touchy feely person. Like that's literally how I, how I, I don't know, touch people. And people will always say like, I feel a vibe with you and, and things like that. It's beyond makeup. Like it's literally not just a brush. Like we get to vibe, we get to feel each other. And I was like, I don't have that. Like, what am I going to do? Like, I'm just going to post this silly picture and people aren't going to really receive it because it can't feel me. And it's so weird. You just said that I'm now I'm getting more views, more responses, more engagement from the non-touching <laughs> version of me as strange as that is. So no, I'm not necessarily getting to touch people. And the way business works is a little different. And and I'm not going to lie, finances are different in terms of how it flows in, but I'm planning on changing that and utilizing what people are really, and to be honest, have been asking me for a long time. They're like, where are you? I want to see you on your page. I want more of you, more of you. And I couldn't understand what that meant. So here we are. And clearly, uh, apparently I've, I've locked into what they were asking for. So And I think another part to touch on with what you do as well and your whole evolution is that you are in a business of making women feel beautiful and you entered that business potentially not feeling beautiful until now. Right. Exactly. And that was something I dealt with. I remember sitting there many times thinking to myself, you know, and I, I would do things. I'll, I'll explain. Like I do things like, okay, I've got to get my nails on point. My lashes have to be, my hair has to be on point. All of these things need to be perfect because if the weight or any insecurity shows physically, which I wasn't really insecure, but anything that shows that like, I'm not completely confident or in myself, 
then I can't really represent this industry. And I would see other artists start years after me and blow up because they were putting themselves on the forefront. They were going to the events, they were showcasing themselves. And I knew part of the reason I wasn't doing that was because I wasn't comfortable. So now being comfortable, unfortunately we can't go to events, but I'm showing up in other ways and I'm, I'm trying to keep myself at a level as everybody else is basically at this point in entrepreneurship. But yeah, I'm trying to show up more and hopefully that will translate. And I hope that you do, because I have to be completely honest and transparent. You know, I host Mm -hmm. events or I used to host events when we were allowed to be outside. Mm -hmm. And there's so many times I wanted to invite you and I'm like, Liz is going to say no. I'm just like, she's going to say no. So, you know, I already You're not get the first one to tell me. Listen, that. I already get enough no's in a day. So I'm like, let me just skip this one because I already know she's going to tell me no. It's a no. <laughs> right. And I think it's part of something where when we are uncomfortable in who we are, we don't even realize what we're saying to people without saying it to people. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. Right. Because Mm -hmm. it's like the message is so loud, but yet we try to mask it and pretend like, oh, everything's great. But right. Mm -hmm. But but really only to the untrained eye. Mm -hmm. Right. Because Mm -hmm. there were so many times I'm like, nope, she's going to say no, I'm not even going to. You You can literally only fool a fool. You can only fool a fool. Like literally, I know so many times I'd be like, and it would be the same people asking. I'm like, okay, this is 10 years in and I've still kept saying no. I'm like, at some point they're going to give up on me. Right. (laughs) But I I appreciate those that kept trying or those that just understood and just didn't bother. Because at the end of the day, I was like, I don't really want to reject people. I don't like that feeling. Now, genuinely, we'll talk a thing like for real. There were times I was like legit busy like I'm on this road like so many of the time when I'm saying like I really have work I really did have work but could I have left that you know that gig or that booking or whatever it may be and kind of show up towards the end of the event probably but was I going to no because the first thing I'd be thinking oh I'm not going to be my best self and I just came from work I'm not cute and I gotta you know I've got to overcompensate no there's the word yes for what I know I'm lacking So they look at me as a makeup artist. Now, if I come from a booking, my makeup probably might not be fresh. I might not have just had a shower. I might, my clothing might not be on point. I might have a little makeup stain on the corner, but I've got to overcompensate when I go to this event because I've got to show up for myself because, you know, the body might be not there and the way I present myself might not be there because I'm not feeling confident at that moment. So how do I address that? No, I don't have time to go home and change, do my hair, do my makeup again, do all these things. So maybe I'll just say no. And it's easier. Wow. Mm-hmm. Now that right there is a whole mm-hmm. podcast on its own. Wow. Okay. Right there. Okay. Right there. So Liz, as we begin to wrap up, mm-hmm. what is your definition of resilience? It's funny because this is the point where humbleness meets cockiness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But I have to say resilience is me. Like at this point, I realize my journey and where I've come from, what I've been through, what I possibly haven't been through. And it's literally my story as it unfolds. Every single step is the resilience and what I want other women to wear on their shoulders and their backs and let other women follow suit, their children, their aunties, whomever. And it doesn't have to be younger. You don't only have to encourage the younger, you can encourage the older as well. But With that said, I really feel like if anyone were to sit down and really take 
from me all I have and all I'm willing to give, which is basically everything at this point, they would see the definition of resilience and they would follow suit in their own way. So that's the best way I can explain it right now. Beautiful. What's your definition of success? Mm. I don't want it to be materialistic and say, you know, when I've gotten to this point and when I've done such and such a celebrity, but my success now is (laughs) funny coming back to the same point. We said the pandemic, uh, knowing that all of this could happen and I still get calls when lockdowns are over and I still hold a business and I still get Google reviews and I still am asked to be interviewed when all of this is said and done and I'm still invited in the room and I still know when I sit next to John, will I be able (laughs) to hold the same accolades as him? That's my definition of success now. Uh, uh. (laughs) We'll have to have you on again. Oh my goodness. Oh, <laughs> I'm here for it. Liz, how can people reach you? So there's lots of platforms. So I get a headache trying to explain all of them. I do have a website, www.facesbypureness. They call me Pureness in the industry. So facesbypureness.com. It has a, a link page there. You can get a lot of links there. And also my major platform right now that everyone knows me from is Instagram. So that is also Faces by Pureness. I like to keep it consistent. Pureness is P-U-R-E-N-E-S-S. And there's also my link tree, basically my own personal Pures link on there in the bio. So connect with me in any way, shape or form. Honestly, the website has my phone number. Call me if you need. So that those are the best avenues. Liz, it has mm. been my pleasure. Thank you. Blessed my heart today. <laughs> Thank you. And I am so proud of you. Thank you I so much. just see the love and the joy. And I could look in your eyes before you. I would never be able to look in your eyes. And I could look in your eyes and see that you're falling in love with yourself. And that in itself is a beautiful thing. Thank you. Thank you for sharing space with us today. Thank you so much for having me and allowing me to share and, and be a part to receive too. Even though we can't touch each other and give hugs, I feel it. And I receive everything you said here. And I, I, I can't wait to read that book too. <laughs> You've been listening to the Make Your Mark podcast. You can visit our website and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at makeyourmark.ca. And please subscribe, rate, and review.